Welcome to Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast, where we highlight Saskatoon's epic business culture by interviewing their best and brightest owners. We strive to deliver value in one simple model. What's in it for you? I'm your host, Scott Ziegler. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. Yes, I am a realtor with Remax Saskatoon, and we are broadcasting from Remax headquarters in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Saskatoon is probably Canada's best city to live in. And an interesting fun fact about Saskatoon. Did you know that there are more Tim Hortons per capita in Saskatoon than any other city in Canada? And if you've ever driven around Saskatoon, it's evident and now you know. So today I'm excited to introduce uh, our guest. He's a friend of mine. He's a business owner that I met uh, about a year ago. And I've been impressed with the way he conducts himself personally and in his business and with his clients. I've had the privilege of working with some of his clients in the past. And so today's guest is Braden Anderson from TMG or the Mortgage Group here in Saskatoon. Braden, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me out. I appreciate the opportunity. Cool. So I want to get into your bio. Um, you have only been in mortgages now for about 14, 15 months. Yeah, yeah. So when you graduated high school, you intended to take a year off, but and then you were going to go to business school, and then you began work for an excavation company alongside a few of your family members as a summer job. Yeah. turned out that you enjoyed it, the money was good, which is always good and you decided to stick with it for a while. You bought your first house at 21 and rented out the basement suite, and then you proceeded to buy a full rental or a standalone rental at the age of 22. Um, From there, you were obsessed with real estate, and I know exactly how that feels. That's (laughs) how I got into real estate, was by buying and renovating my first house. Yeah. And so you knew that you wanted to be part of the industry in some professional capacity. Um, you began taking the educational courses to become a mortgage broker in January of 2018. And then you took a full year to study, make sure that you knew exactly what you were doing before you actually got licensed one year ago in January of 2019, correct? Yeah. Okay. And then you found that uh, TMD was, TMG was a perfect fit for you and your business instantly took off and you won Rookie of the Year for the year 2019 with the Prairie Region of TMG, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was a good year last year. Congratulations. Thank you. I uh, I also won Rookie of the Year in real estate back in 06 when I started. I guess that was 07 when I won that, that first year. So you're in, we're, we're, we're rare air here right now. Yeah, I guess so, hey? So what, um, what was it about mortgages that made you want to get into it? Um, I love people. I love working with numbers and I'm not, not the best salesman. So that's why I didn't choose the realtor route. So I figured mortgages would be a perfect fit for me and figured I'd give it a try. And I'm definitely happy with where I am now. Yeah, good. And what is it? um, One of the things I was going to ask you is you're really a rookie businessman. You know, you've only been doing it for a year and being on the Saskatoon business podcast, I think that people assume that in order to be acknowledged or in order in order for your opinion to be valid you know you have to have been 5 10 15 years in the business but the fact that you're one year in the business and have been as successful as you are I'm really excited to get into uh, some of the the business questions in the second half of the podcast with you so um yeah I think it'll be a good interview yeah yeah I'm looking forward to it so 
Rookie of the year. How did how did that um, come about? So just I guess a lot of hard work and hustle. Yeah, pretty much coming into it with a mentality that failure wasn't really an option. Kind of doing everything possible to get yourself out there, and the phone wasn't going to ring right off the bat if right. I wasn't making it ring. So just trying to do everything I can to to get out there. Okay, cool. And so today, what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about. Well, there, there's three things up front. I want to talk about pre-approvals you know we tell our clients as realtors that you should be pre-approved all the time and then I want to I guess discuss a little bit about how the that process plays out and then we'll, we'll finish on 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 the refinance side of things and you know I was thinking before I came into this that you know people don't realize how complicated a real estate transaction can be yeah they they oftentimes see how smooth it goes and the end result is that they get the, the keys to their property, but they don't see all the little pieces that happen behind the scenes. And I, I, I look at myself as sort of like a quarterback in the, in the real estate transaction, but the quarterback can't win the game alone. Mm-hmm. They need the, you know, the other players on the team and, and being a mortgage broker you're one of the key players actually because with without you the, the deal doesn't happen yeah so we tell our clients all the time that it's important to be pre-approved for a mortgage even really before you start shopping for a mortgage what what is your definition or what you know what is a pre-approval sort of from your perspective well we get them to come in i like to meet face to face every time but i mean there's the option of going online and filling out the application but they come in and we run their credit we kind of go over everything with them and see what their goals are and what they want to do and break down what they can afford. And so we pull their credit. We make sure there's no outstanding issues because oftentimes people will go house shopping without being pre-approved and then it comes to the final approval and there's a ton of issues they have to address before Mm -hmm. buying. So we go through that with them. We get their income documents and we take a look and make sure everything's good to go. And then once we've gone over everything, we set them up with their realtor and then they go out and go shopping. Okay. And so what um, you mentioned, you know, get their income documents and stuff in a sort of a a full pre-approval. What are some of the documents that you require sort of up front? And I mean, I say up front, but regardless if it's a pre-approval or a firm approval, you you need these documents anyway. So what, what would sort of be a list of those documents that you're looking for? You're going to need an employment letter, which is just a letter stating your job, your position, the fact that you're actually employed there. Uh, we match that with a recent pay stub, and then oftentimes we'll need two years T4s as well. And then that's all we need for income documents, unless you're self-employed, and then it gets a little more complicated. But um, yeah, up front, it's usually job letter, pay stub, and two years T4s. Okay. And then do you have the conversation with your clients about, I, I use this term, there's one thing to be able to afford a house and then there's the other thing is actually being able to afford it. And we hear the term being house poor all the time. Do you have those kind of philosophical, I guess, conversations with your clients about like, Hey, the numbers say that you're, you know, you're good for 500, but you know, maybe you shouldn't go higher than four because of, you know, what the actual payment will be and what interest rates are now and where they'll be today. Do you have those kind of conversations with your clients? Yeah, we definitely sit down and have a realistic conversation. It seems like a lot of people get pre-approved and they want a higher number than that just because the stress test comes in and it's usually less than they expect. But we kind of go over everything realistically and think, well, figure, is that what you can afford right now? Or are you expecting a raise in the future? Is what works best for you? Because the last thing you want to do is set somebody up with a mortgage and they're not able to pay it or they got no breathing room at the end of the month. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's where the definition of house poor comes. Yeah. And, you know, we see it in in our business quite often where somebody goes to sell a property because they 
you know, they can't keep up with the payments, you know, the property taxes are creeping up, utilities are creeping up, interest rates pop up a little bit, next thing you know, there, there is no breathing room. Yeah. And that actually makes a real tough sale on, on our side because when the numbers are so tight, there's, there's, there's just no room to, to move, no, no negotiating room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so somebody comes in, they get pre-approved, you make sure that there's no red flags, there's no outstanding debts. And, and if there are some things that pop up, do you give them a game plan to say, hey, you know, you have this outstanding, you know, issue on your credit or your application. Here are some things that you can do over the next three months to, to get yourself in a better position. Do you ever have those conversations with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I'll go over that right then and there with them and kind of explain them in detail what they have to do and what a lender is going to want to see them do before they're able to buy. And then I always match that up with an email just so they kind of have a reference after and they can look back at that and kind of see how far they've come. Okay. So let's assume somebody comes in, they've, they've now been through the pre-approval process, they have their number, all their ducks are in a row, and you send them out shopping. So then that's where the realtor comes in. We find them a great house, great deal on a home. They make the offer, and then the offer documents come back to you to take it from a, a pre-approval to a firm approval. And I wonder if you can explain to the listeners that maybe have only gotten one or two or three mortgages in their whole entire life. What what does the back end look like when you get that offer? You know, you have the offer, you have all of their income documents. What do you do with that that information, and how does that process play out? So once the offer is accepted and we have those documents, we find a lender that best suits them, or maybe there's one with a big interest rate special, and we submit it off to them. And basically, they come back with an approval. And it usually takes 24, 48 hours in high season. And that'll come back conditioned to a satisfactory confirmation of income. So they'll call the employer, they'll, re- they'll review all those documents. And oftentimes, it'll be satisfactory confirmation of down payment. So everybody, now when you get a mortgage, you have to show a 90-day bank history, uh, showing that the down payment is either yours or if it was gifted, we match that with a gift letter. They just don't want to see any random big deposits. It's Mm -hmm. an anti-money laundering Mm -hmm. rule. So we'll go through that, and we basically, if there's any other conditions, uh, maybe an appraisal, we have to get that done. And then once all those conditions are met, that's when we're good to go, and I send over the uh, approval letter to the realtor. And we're pretty well done. Okay, so be- before the approval letter goes out, do you meet with the clients one more time and say, okay, we- we've got the appraisal, came back fine, the lender has signed off on all of the documents, here's your interest rate, you know, here's the terms of your mortgage, and do, you- do they have to sign off on-, on sort of the final finished package before you officially send that off to remove those conditions? Yeah, I always have them into my office unless they're not able to meet and then we can do it through DocuSign. Mm -hmm. I'll give them a call and kind of run them line by line what's going on in their mortgage commitment. But uh, we go through everything and make sure everything's satisfactory to them. And once they've signed off on it, and then I'll send over the approval letter. Okay, and then the approval letter is essentially what that is, is just a paper trail to the realtor that they can go ahead and remove that financing condition. Yeah, exactly. Just states the purchase price and the property and the fact that the buyers are good to go. Okay, and then I guess closer to possession date, two, three, four days before possession date, the bank then um, sends those funds over to their lawyer to, you know, gather all all the money together to close on the deal. Yeah, yeah, and the client's going to the lawyer's office to sign, and that's where they'll bring their down payment. Okay. And then they're, they're homeowners. Okay, so now, now they're homeowners, and they've been in their home two, three, four, five years, and it's time to renew that mortgage. 
And it's interesting that we're talking about this right now because we're heading into our spring market and probably 35 to 40% of all real estate transactions will happen between, you know, February, March, April, May, something like that. So I guess you can, we can assume that this time of year is when the bulk of the renewals is going to start to happen. And, you know, you can sign them, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can sign a mortgage commitment for as little as, you know, six months, one year up to, you know, five plus years, correct? Yeah. So if somebody signed a three-year term and that's coming up for renewal now, what are their options? Like, you know, interesting story. I just went through a mortgage renewal just a couple months ago and the bank didn't give me a very favorable rate. Yeah. They kind of sent me a letter and said, here's your new rate, sign here to, you know, to continue your mortgage. And I really had to fight with them to get a rate out of them that was comparable to what was in the market. If I would have called you and said, Braden, I need you to, to, to get me a mortgage, you know, the, the rate that the bank gave me, I had to fight to get that same rate. And so What's your advice to somebody that gets that letter from the bank that says, it's time to renew, just sign here? Yeah, well, that's a classic letter from the bank. Um, I've seen a few even recently where the banks are offering them 3.99% and market rates are about 2.69. So they just expect people to sign it because I think that's how it's been for so many years. Mm -hmm. But now people are starting to get a little more educated on it and they'll call around and shop. So it's definitely worth the phone call. Um, Oftentimes I've seen clients save seven, eight grand over their five-year term. So you're definitely saving a lot of money calling and it doesn't hurt to look into it. All transfers are usually free. So all the fees are taken care of by the new lender because they want your business. Mm-hmm. So there's really no no, uh, no need not to call. Right. And I guess, you know, even more importantly than saving, you know, the six, seven, eight thousand dollars over the term, I think that the monthly payment for most people is even more valuable than, you know, what the overall savings might be over the course of their mortgage. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so somebody has a renewal coming up. They decide to shop around. They call you. What does that process look like? Do you need to go through? Is it similar to a pre-approval where if you 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 will quote them a rate up front and say this is what we can get you? Yeah, typically I like taking the application first, and I'll pull title, see if there's anything else associated with that. Sometimes there's a home equity line of credit, and then it gets a little bit more complicated. But um, usually, sit them down for a, kind of a pre-approval type meeting go over everything and make sure they can still qualify for the mortgage and then uh, dive into it from there. And I kind of shop around and see exactly what we can get them. Okay. So then if you get them a rate that is better than their bank can get them and they say, you know, it's worth us to save that money. What does that, does that, do you then just sort of repeat the process that we just talked about? You take an application, you, you get their job letters, you, you go through that process again and basically start from scratch. Is that how uh, it would work? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a pretty seamless process. The nice part is with the transfer, we don't have to verify the down payment because that's usually one of the more complicated parts of the purchase mm-hmm. just because you got to get the full 90-day history and the pages have to have your account number and it's it, that gets a little complicated, but for a transfer, it's it's pretty simple. Okay, because theoretically speaking, that down payment's already in the house. Yeah. So they've, they've, they've paid down that mortgage over those years. Exactly. So. Okay, cool. So as we move into the second part of the show, uh, I want to dig a little bit deeper into business or the running of a business. We interrupt this program for today's shameless plug. If you want more information on this podcast and the host, or any information on the Saskatoon real estate market, 
including market stats, neighborhood profiles, or any listing that's currently for sale, you can find it all on the web at onlineopenhouse.ca. That's onlineopenhouse.ca. I'm also on all major social channels. It's called social media for a reason. Add me. Let's get social. Now, back to the show. And so the first question I have for you, Braden, is what do you think the definition and the definition of a successful business is? Like what makes a business owner successful or what's one of the must-haves or the must-dos that you think somebody has to do to become successful in business? Um, I think speaking relative to this industry, it's kind of getting out there and shaking every hand you possibly can, getting to know people, building good relationships. And um, a more successful business, I guess, is once you have that pipeline full. I believe in a commission-based uh, position, a lot of people for the first five years or so, you kind of you have those moments where you're not too busy and you're kind of wondering where the next deal is going to come mm-hmm, from and mm-hmm. what you can do to get out there. So I think once you kind of have that full and you've built those relationships with so many people and they're sending you all their friends and family, and I think at that point you've kind of reached reached the top. Okay, so building a pipeline, having your pipeline full of you know potential clients and potential leads at, at, at any given time. Yeah. And so you said something there about people referring to you and I guess it it boils down to good service. If you want somebody to refer their friend or family to you, you have to do a good job for them. And so is that something that you try and cultivate in your business is repeat and referral business? Yeah, absolutely. My main philosophy is just treat the client as good as possible and you make them happy and you do good by them and they're definitely going to want to send their friends and family. Okay. if they're satisfied so it just kind of it's all based around treating them as, as good as possible okay cool and the next couple of questions are designed to give the listener a glimpse into your leadership style i'm a firm believer that people learn by example and i know that myself personally i follow blogs and podcasts and read books of people that i want to emulate and so i want to ask you what do you think is one of your weaknesses right now in your business um i'm horrible at cold calling <laughs> I've, I've always been a little scared of that and getting told off, but uh, that's definitely a weakness. I got to work on that. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't go to enough networking events. It's when I first started, I was kind of all out there trying to get out as much as possible and meet everyone. But mm-hmm. since I got a little busier, it's kind of on the back burner a little bit. Yeah. And I think I should always be, always be trying to do more and get out there. Okay. And you know, it's funny you say that because I'm at, I would say that's a weakness of mine as well is networking. Not that I can't shoot the breeze with anybody about about anything. It's just walking into a room and V-lining it for somebody and, you know, kind of like kids on a playground. (laughs) Hi, I'm Scott. You know, what's your name? Yeah. And so I find that to be the difficult thing about networking, but super important. And I I would agree with that. And then on the flip side of that, what would you say some of your strengths are right now? I mean, you've only been in the business for a year, but you, you don't become successful. You don't win rookie of the year if you're not doing some things right. So what are some of your strengths right now? Um... I'd say I always make myself available to clients and I find they really appreciate that. Love like it. Last weekend, for example, I was on vacation and it was pretty well working the whole time. Like your phone's always got to be in your hand and people are always going to have questions and you're going to get calls at 10 p.m. or you're going to get calls at 7 a.m. and you kind of always got to be on and, and ready to service them and answer their questions and um, kind of prove that you're their teammate throughout the whole process. Yeah, I love yeah. it. You know, it, it, it's so important and... I would assume that mortgage broking is very similar to real estate in the sense that clients 
don't always know what's going on. They don't yeah. know the ins and outs, and you're the guy that they look to, to to get it done. And one thing that I I pride myself on as well is, is being available. If, if you call me, I'm going to answer my phone, or I'm yeah. going to make every attempt to. You text me, I'm going to get back to you immediately. Send me an email. As soon as I can get to it, I'm, I'm going to get back to you. So it, it's, I think it's super important not to... Not to let people hang that way. Exactly. I remember when I bought my first house, my mortgage broker didn't get back to me for two weeks. So kind of as soon as I got into the industry, I said, there's no chance that's ever going to be me. Good. So, And your clients all appreciate that. that that's one thing that will stand out. So that, that, that's really awesome to hear. And I, I'm, I'm the same way. So I want to get to the final word, Braden, and I want to leave the final word with you. This is the Saskatoon Business Podcast after all. What's one piece of advice that you could leave for an aspiring business owner or an established business owner that you think that they could use and implement starting today to make a difference in their business? Um, I'd say study your competition. Look out and see what's out there. See what other people are doing and see how you can kind of expand or grow your business. And you find out a lot of things that you're not doing that you should be. Um, so I think there's that. And have patience when you first start out. It's, it's not going to be the best right away. But you build up to that and you do the right things and you keep, keep getting out there and it's, it's going to eventually come. That's solid. That's super, super solid advice. Anybody that, that listened to that right now, hit the back button, go back and listen to that again because studying your competition is so important. And you're right. Not only do you see the things that you could be doing, but you see things that maybe you don't want to be doing. <laughs> and, and patience is key. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a great answer. So, Braden, I want to thank you for being my guest today. I know that you're busy, and I appreciate the time that you made for me. Yeah, I appreciate you having me out. Where can people find you? If they want to get a hold of you, they want to do a refinance, they want to you know, maybe get pre-approved, do you have a phone number, website, social channels, where can they find you? I'm pretty well on all social channels. Uh, phone calls are always best, uh, 306-716-5902. Or my website is just andersonmortgages.ca. Andersonmortgages.ca. Well, Braden, I want to thank you again for joining us. And I also want to thank all the listeners who joined us on the show today. I hope that you stick around and consider subscribing to the podcast. If you want to see any of our guests in person, head over to the YouTube channel where we have a podcast playlist. And the link to that will be in the show notes. Again, my name's Scott Ziegler, a realtor with Remax Saskatoon, and your host of Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast. Signing off from Remax headquarters. Thanks for listening, and if there's anything in this world that I can do for you, just reach out, because as always, I'm just happy to help. Thanks so much for listening to Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from.